Hello there. Welcome to Series 3 of Satisfied. The Series 3 podcasts relate to the Healthy Living Bible Study that covers the books of Colossians and Philemon in the New Testament. I'm Melanie Newton, just an ordinary woman who loves the Lord and His Word. We are looking at infections that can make us spiritually sick and how to get healthy again. The way to fight or avoid infection is to be satisfied by the truth of God we have in Jesus Christ. That gives us a strong immune system to fight and prevent infection in our hearts and minds. My heart has been satisfied by the love and truth of Jesus. I want you to come along with me and experience that too. Together, we'll pursue healthy living in Christ. In today's podcast for Lesson 5, we'll see how we can conquer the manipulation by guilt infection. Through the years, I've met several women who have been freed from the brainwashing associated with various cults claiming to be Christian. From a Christian perspective, a cult is a religious group that denies one or more of the fundamentals of biblical truth. When you read through history, it seems that women are more drawn to religious cults than men. Cult leaders are usually charismatic and persuasive, inviting women to follow them. A cult may promise to satisfy your heart needs through community and a sense of controlled boundaries. Women like community and a controlled environment, but cult leaders then control an individual's associations, deliberately withhold or distort information, discourage critical thinking, and manipulate their followers through fear, guilt, and indoctrination. The two most common false teachings of cults claiming to be Christian are that Jesus was not God and that salvation is not by faith alone. Therefore, Jesus' death was not sufficient to pay for all your sins and salvation is achieved by your own good works. So you can never get rid of the guilt of your sin or the guilt of not doing enough good works to achieve salvation. This is the manipulation by guilt infection that is deadly to anyone who catches it. What makes a woman susceptible to this infection? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 6 and 7 describe how influential fakers like cult leaders get women to follow them. This is what it says. They gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. Notice what makes women especially gullible being loaded down with guilt from their sins, plus the constant search for the latest new thing to satisfy the restlessness in their hearts. They embrace and are easily manipulated by whatever flashy teachings come along rather than going to the source of established truth. The result is that these women become victims of false teachers and often become false teachers themselves. Many present-day cults were started by women and the modern spiritualism movements, such as goddess worship and mysticism, are saturated with prominent women. The church leaders at Colossae were dealing with this same issue. Some members of their congregation were being taken captive by the same false teachings. Paul responded in Colossians chapter 1 with the strongest statement 
of the absolute supremacy and sufficiency of Jesus Christ found in the entire New Testament. He also taught clearly in Colossians that Christ's death on the cross was totally sufficient to pay for your sins and provide the salvation you desire. When you stay firmly rooted in who Christ is and what he finished on the cross for you, you can conquer the manipulation by guilt infection. As a direct result of Christ's finished work on the cross, our relationship with God is changed because of our faith in Jesus Christ. It is much more than having our sins forgiven and going to heaven when we die. So it takes more than one word to describe what Jesus' death on the cross accomplished for us. In fact, it takes at least six terms, and these are sometimes called the words of the cross. Paul uses these words or refers to them in Colossians. These are truths we can know and claim to conquer any infection, especially the manipulation by guilt one. Word of the cross number one is propitiation. We don't use that word, but it basically means to be appeased, to be satisfied. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 6, Paul described God's response to all evil and sin as his wrath. Don't think that God's anger at sin is like yours, only bigger. His wrath is not a fit of temper. It is his decision to preserve his creation by destroying whatever would destroy it. Picture how you attack germs in your home with gusto so your family won't get sick. God hates sin. It incurs his anger at sin. You can probably recall a time when you incurred the anger of someone you love and needed to make some kind of restitution to appease their anger. That person is now satisfied because restitution has been made. The relationship can be restored. That is what God did for us. Romans chapter 3 verse 25 says that God presented Christ as a sacrifice of appeasement for our sins. Out of his love for us, God took action. God's holy wrath against all sin is fully satisfied by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Because of that, God is able to extend mercy to every believer in Christ. Romans chapter 5 verse 9 says that we are saved from God's wrath through Christ. There is no longer any sacrifice that anyone can ever do to satisfy God's wrath against sin apart from what Christ has already done. Picture an empty altar, never again used. It's done, finished. Because you've trusted Christ and are now found in Christ, you can know and live with confidence that God is satisfied, no longer angry at your sin, ever. Word of the cross number two is reconciliation. As Romans chapter 3 verse 23 describes, all people have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Before Christ came, we were alienated from God. It was a broken relationship. Some kind of reconciliation needed to be done, but we couldn't do it on our part. No matter how many good works we did, there was always that chasm created by sin between us and God. But God did something about that. I love those two words in the Bible. But God, whenever it looks absolutely hopeless for us humans, God steps in and does the exact thing we need. 
God restored the broken relationship by reconciling us to himself through Jesus' death on the cross. Colossians chapter 1, verses 20 through 22 describe that. That word reconcile in the Greek stands for complete reconciliation, never to be broken again. It is done. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 says God chose to do that out of his love for us. Jesus Christ has fully satisfied God's anger against sin, removing the barrier between God and men. Our faith in Jesus becomes the bridge to restore our relationship with God. God stands eagerly welcoming anyone who will believe the good news and come home. Because you've trusted Christ and are now found in Christ, you can know and live with confidence that your relationship with God is restored, no longer broken because of sin and guilt forever. Word of the cross number three is redemption. Did you know that every human being born on this planet is born into bondage? I don't care how much money or status you have. You were born into bondage. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says we are in bondage to the kingdom of darkness. Romans chapter 6 describes our bondage as being a slave to sin. The slave master sin calls the shots. Obedience comes too easily. Colossians chapter 2 verse 8 talks about the trap of the empty way of life we get from human traditions. But you are released from all of that when you trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible calls this redemption. God redeems us to rescue us from the dominion of darkness and bring us into the kingdom of the Son He loves where we have forgiveness of sins. That's in Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Redemption means you become the possession of a loving, merciful God and can live in the security of your freedom from bondage to sin. You have a new master now with greater power living inside of you, the Spirit of God Himself. He can give you freedom from any entrapping sin. Because of His love and His purpose for you, You've been released into freedom to live a life that pleases God in every way. Because you have trusted Christ and are now found in Christ, you can know and live with confidence that you have been released, no longer in bondage to sin and guilt forever. Word of the cross number four is forgiveness. Many of us carry the guilt of our sins like a heavy burden, weighing us down. All of our debt of sin before God is enormous. We could never pay for it all. But God stepped in and did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. He transferred our sin to a substitute, Jesus, and it was taken away. Paul describes this so beautifully in Colossians chapter 2. Verses 13 and 14. These are also some of my favorite verses. When you were dead in your sins, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. 
once you place your faith in Jesus Christ, whatever you've done that was wrong in God's eyes from the time you were born through the time of your death has been canceled, taken away, all of it, past, present, and future, nailed to the cross. At the moment of your salvation, forgiveness is complete and continual. In Christ, you possess forgiveness. That's in Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, and Ephesians 1, verse 7. A done deal. Yet, as long as you live in your earthly body, you will be tempted to sin. Sin will happen, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And though our God is no longer counting our sins against us, we still must deal with the consequences of any sinful behavior. As an already forgiven Christian, the biblical process for dealing with recognized sin is to remember first that your identity is child of God. Then agree with God that you've sinned against Him. Mourn your sin and depend upon the Holy Spirit to help you obey God in the future. Then trust in Him to help you overcome the consequences of any sinful choices that you've made in a way that brings glory to Him. That's living a life that pleases the Lord in every way. Because you've trusted Christ and are now found in Christ, you can know and live in confidence that you've been forgiven, no longer burdened by your sin and guilt. Cling to this truth. Word of the cross number five is justification. Justification is a legal term that means to declare righteous or not guilty. Because of Christ's finished work on the cross, God chooses to give a not guilty status to anyone who places their faith in Jesus Christ. Not one human deserves this. It can never be earned. God gives this because Jesus paid the penalty for all sin and takes your sin upon himself, my sin upon himself. Then we get his righteousness. Colossians chapter 1 verse 22 says that you and I are now presented before God as without blemish and free from accusation. The amazing thing is that God does this while we are still capable of sinning. When God looks on you, he sees his son's righteousness taking the place of your sin, even your sin after you've been a believer for a long time. How do you feel about this? When you're tempted to think that God could not possibly accept you because of your weaknesses and guilty past, declare this to yourself. Because of my faith in Jesus Christ, I am declared righteous, no longer guilty in God's eyes. That's a fact. Word of the cross number six is sanctification. Sanctification is a word we don't use in our daily vocabulary. To be sanctified means to be made holy. To be holy means to be set apart from sin. By faith in Jesus Christ, God declares us holy in His sight. His love chooses to do that for us. It absolutely amazes me that God looks upon me and calls me holy in His sight. Doesn't that amaze you? But sanctification is more than just having a different status before God. We have a different purpose as well. Psalm 4, verse 3, 
says the Lord sets apart the godly for himself. Every believer has been set apart as God's special beloved possession. Every believer has been set apart as God's special beloved possession for his exclusive use. Sanctified ones are called holy people and saints in the New Testament, as the Colossians are called saints in chapter 1, verse 2. God declares you holy because of your faith in Jesus Christ, not your behavior. You have been redeemed, reconciled to God, forgiven, justified, and completely accepted by God because of what Jesus has already done for you on the cross. All of that contributes to God declaring you holy as one of his saints by faith in Jesus Christ. You are also being made holy in your thoughts, words, and actions by the work of the Holy Spirit. This is ongoing from the moment of salvation until the Lord comes or you die when your being made holy is complete. The Spirit transforms us into the likeness of Christ so that we become in thought and behavior what we are in status holy as God is holy. All of Colossians chapter 3 describes what that looks like. Because you've trusted in Christ and are now found in him, you can know and live with confidence that you are set apart by God for God. In his eyes, you are perfected, no longer flawed. Isn't this better than being manipulated by guilt for not being good enough? As Paul writes in Colossians, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. A spiritual infection takes you captive to something other than Christ. The manipulation by guilt infection is bad. Knowing and believing these six truths about Christ's finished work on the cross will give you an immune system that conquers this spiritual infection. Let Jesus satisfy your heart needs with his truth and his love so you can get well and stay well. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton, hoping you will join me in being satisfied by his love.